0: Chapter 14, Section 15 of Vice Versa by F. Einstein. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. Vice Versa by F. Einstein. Chapter 14 An Error of Judgment The survivorship of a worthy man in his son is a pleasure scarce inferior to the hopes of the continuance of his own life Spectator Du best ein Knabe sei est immerhin und fahr fort den frohlechen zu spielen Schiller Don carlos paul was the first to break an awkward silence you young scoundrel he said with suppressed rage what the devil do you mean by laughing like that it's no laughing matter let me tell you sir for one of us i can't help laughing said dick you look so queer queer i may look queer i tell you that i never never in my whole life spent such a perfectly infernal week as this last ah observed dick i thought you wouldn't find it all jam and yet you seem to be enjoying yourself too he said with a grin from that letter you wrote what makes you come here couldn't you be content with your miserable victory without coming down to crow and jeer at me it isn't that said dick i-i thought i should like to see the fellows and find out how you were getting on you know these however were not his only and his principal motives he had come down to get a sight of dulcie well sir said mr bultitude with ponderous sarcasm You'll be delighted to hear that I'm getting on uncommonly well. Oh, uncommonly. Your high-spirited young friends batted me to sleep with slippers on most nights and, as a general thing, kicked me about during the day like a confounded football. And last night, sir, I was going to be expelled and this morning I'm forgiven and sentenced to be soundly flogged before the whole school. It was just about to take place as you came in, and I've every reason to believe it is merely postponed. I say, though, said Dick, you must have been going it rather, you know. I've never been expelled. Has Chawner been sneaking again? What have you been up to? Nothing, I solemnly swear, nothing. They're finding out things you've done and thrashing me. Well, said Dick soothingly, You'll work them all off during the term, I dare say. There aren't many really bad ones. I suppose he's seen my name cut on his writing table. No, not that I'm aware of, said Paul. Oh, he'd let you hear of it if he had, said Dick. It's good for a swishing, that is. But after all, what's a swishing? I never cared for a swishing. "'But I do care, sir. I care very much, and I'll tell you, I won't stand it. I can't, Dick,' he said abruptly as a sudden hope seized him. "'You you haven't come down here to say you're tired of your folly, have you? Do you want to give it up?' "'Rather not,' said Dick. "'Why should I?' No school, no lessons, nothing to do but amuse myself and eat and drink what I like and lots of money. It's not likely, you know. Have you ever thought that you're bringing yourself within reach of the law, sir, said Paul, trying to frighten him. Perhaps you don't know that there's an offence known as false personation with intent to defraud, and that it's a felony. That's what you're doing at this moment, sir." "'Not any more than you are,' retorted Dick. "'I never began it. "'I had as much right to wish to be you "'as you had to wish to be me. "'You're just what you said you wanted to be, "'so you can't complain.' "'It's useless to argue with you, I see,' said Paul, "'and you've no feelings. "'But I'll warn you of one thing. "'Whether that is my body or not, "'you're fraudulently taken possession of, "'I don't know. "'If it is not... It is very like mine, and I'll tell you this about it. The sort of life you're leading it, sir, will soon make an end of you, if you don't take care. Do you think that a constitution at my age can stand sweet wines and pastries and late hours? Why, you'll be laid up with gout in another day or two. Don't tell me, sir. I know you're suffering from indigestion at this very minute. I can see your liver it may be my liver for anything i know is out of order i can see it in your eyes dick was a little alarmed at this but he soon said well and if i am seedy i can get barbara to take the stone and wish me all right again can't i that's easy enough i suppose oh easy enough said paul with a suppressed groan but dick You don't go up to Mincing Lane in that suit and that hat. Don't tell me you do that. When I do go up, I wear them, said Dick composedly. Why not? It's a roomy suit, and I hate a great topper on my head. I've had enough of that here on Sundays. But it's slow up at your office. The chaps there aren't half up to any larks. I made a first-rate booby trap, though... "'one day for an old yellow buffer who came in to see you. "'He was in a bait when he found the waste-paper basket on his head. "'What was his name?' said Paul, with forced calm. "'Something like Shells,' he said. "'He was a very old friend of mine, and I told him he'd lied. "'Shellac, my canton correspondent, "'a man I was anxious to be of use to when he came over,' moaned Mr. Bultitude." Miserable young cub, you don't know what mischief you've done. Well, it won't matter much to you now, said Dick. You're out of it all. Do you? Do you mean to keep me out of it forever, then? Asked Paul. As long as I ever can, returned Dick frankly. It will be a matter interesting to see what sort of a fellow you'll grow up into. If you ever do grow, perhaps you will always be like that. "'You know, this magic is a rum thing to meddle with.' "'This suggestion almost maddened Paul. "'He made one stride forward and faced his son with blazing eyes. "'Do you think I will put up with it?' "'He said between his teeth. "'Do you suppose I shall stand calmly by "'and see you degrading and ruining me? "'I may never be my old self again, "'but I don't mean to play into your hands for all that.' you can't always keep me here and wherever i go i'll tell my tale i know you you clumsy rogue you haven't the sense to play your part with common intelligence now you would betray yourself directly i challenge you to deny my story you know you would you couldn't face me for five minutes by gad i'll do it now i'll expose you before the doctor before the whole school You shall see if you can dispose of me quite so easily as you imagine. Dick had started back at first in unmistakable alarm at this unexpected defiance, probably feeling his self-possession unequal to such a test. But when Paul had finished, he said doggedly, Well, you can do it if you choose, I suppose. I can't stop you, but I don't see what good it would do it would show people you were an impudent impostor sir said paul sternly going to the door as if to call the doctor though he shrank secretly from so extreme and dangerous a measure there was a hesitation in his manner in spite of the firmness of his words which dick was not likely to miss stop he said before you call them in just listen to me for a minute do you see this and opening his coat he pulled out from his waistcoat pocket one end of his watch chain hanging to it attached by a cheap gilt fastening of some sort was a small grey tablet paul knew it at once it was the garuda stone you know it i see said dick as paul was about to move towards him with what object he scarcely knew himself Don't trouble to come any closer. Well, I'll give you fair warning. You can make things very nasty for me if you like. I can't help that. But if you do, if you try to score off me in any way, now or at any time, if you don't keep it up when the doctor comes in, I tell you what I shall do. I shall go straight home and find young Raleigh, i shall give him this stone and i'll tell him to say some wish after me i don't believe there are many things it can't do and all i can say is if you find yourself in all this jolly old school except dulcie taken off somewhere and stuck down all at once thousands of miles away on a desolate island or see yourself turned into a red indian or-or a cab-horse You'll have yourself to thank for it, that's all. Now you can have them all up and fire away. No, said Paul in a broken voice, for wild as the threat was, he could not afford to despise it after his experiences of the stone's power. I-I was joking, Dick, at least I didn't mean it. I know, of course, I'm helpless it's a sad thing for a father to say but you've got the best of it i give in i won't interfere with you there's only one thing i ask you won't try any more experiments with that miserable stone you'll promise me that at least yes said dick it's all right i'll play fair as long as you behave yourself and back me up i won't touch it i only want to stay as i am i don't want to hurt you you won't lose it said paul anxiously couldn't you lock it up that fastening doesn't look very safe it will do well enough said dick i got it done at the watchmaker's round the corner for sixpence but i'll have a stronger ring put in it somewhere if i think of it there was a pause in which the conversation seemed about to flag hopelessly but at last dick said almost as if he felt some compunction "'for his present unfilial attitude. "'Now, you know it's much better to take things quietly. "'It can't be altered now, can it? "'And it's not such bad fun being a boy after all, for some things. "'You'll get into it by and by. "'You'll see if you don't, and be as jolly as a sandboy. "'We shall get along all right together, too. "'I shan't be hard on you. "'It isn't my fault that you happen to be in this particular school.' "'You chose it, and after this term "'you can go to any other school you like, Eton or Rugby, or anywhere. "'I don't mind the expense. "'Or, if you rather, you can have a private tutor, "'and I'll buy you a pony, and you can ride it in the row. "'You shall have a much better time of it than I ever had, "'as long as you let me go on my own way.' "'But these dazzling bribes had no influence "'upon Mr. Bultitude,' nothing short of complete restitution would ever satisfy him and he was too proud and too angry at his crushing defeat to even pretend to be in the least pacified i don't want your pony he said bitterly i might as well have a white elephant and i don't suppose i should enjoy myself much more at a public school than i do here let's have no humbug sir you're up and i'm down There's no more to be said. I shall tell the doctor nothing, but I warn you, if ever the time comes. Oh, of course, said Dick, feeling tolerably secure. Now he had disposed of the main difficulty. If you can turn me out, I suppose you will. That's only fair. I shall take care not to give you the chance. And, oh, I say, do you want any tin? How much have you got left?' Paul turned away his head, lest Dick should see the sudden exultation he knew it must betray, as he said, with an effort to appear unconcerned. I came away with exactly five shillings, and I haven't a penny now. I say, said Dick, you are a fellow. You must have been going it. How did you get rid of it all in a week? It went, as far as I can understand, said Mr. Bultitude, "'in rabbits and mice. "'Some boys claimed it as money they paid you "'to get them, I believe.' "'All your own fault,' said Dick. "'You would have them drowned. "'But you'd better have some tin to get along with. "'How much do you want? "'Will a half-a-crown do?' "'Half-a-crown is not much, Dick,' said his father almost humbly. "'It's, a, um, a handsome allowance for a young fellow like you,' said Dick.' rather unkindly, but I haven't any half-crowns left. I must give you this, I suppose. He held out a sovereign, never dreaming what it signified to Paul, who clutched it with feelings too great for words, though gratitude was not part of them. For was it not his own money? And now look out, said Dick. I hear grim. Remember what I told you. Keep it up. Dr. Grimstone came in with the air of a man who has a painful duty to perform. He started slightly as his eyes noted the change in his visitor's dress and appearance. I hope, he began gravely, that your son has spared me the pain of going into the details of his misbehavior. I wish I could give you a better report of him." Dick was plainly, in spite of his altered circumstances, by no means at ease in the schoolmaster's presence. He stood shifting from foot to foot on the hearth-rug, turning extremely red and obstinately declining to raise his eyes from the ground. "'Oh, ah!' he stammered at last. "'You were just going to swish him, weren't you, when I turned up, sir?' "'I found myself forced,' said the doctor, "'slightly shocked at this coarse way of putting things, "'forced to contemplate administering to him, "'for his ultimate benefit, "'a sharp corrective in the presence of his schoolfellows. "'I distress you, I see, but the truth must be told. "'He has no doubt confessed his fault to you.' "'No,' said Dick, "'he hasn't, though. "'What's he been up to now?' i had hoped he would have been more open more straightforward when confronted with the father who has proved himself so often indulgent and anxious for his improvement it would have been a more favourable symptom i think well i must tell you myself i know too well what a shock it will be to your scrupulously sensitive moral code my dear mr bultitude dick showed a painful inclination To giggle here. But I have to break to you the melancholy truth that I detected this unhappy boy in the act of conducting a secret and amorous correspondence with a young lady in a sacred edifice. Dick whistled sharply. Oh, I say, he cried, that's bad. And he wagged his head reprovingly at his disgusted father, who longed to denounce his hypocrisy, but dared not that's bad he shouldn't do that sort of thing you know should he at his age the young dog this horror is what i should have expected from you said the doctor though he was in truth more than scandalized by the composure with which his announcement was received such boldness is indeed characteristic of the dog an animal which as you are aware was with the ancients a synonym for shamelessness. No boy, however abandoned, should hear such words of unequivocal condemnation from a father's lips without a pang of shame. Paul was only just able to control his rage by a great effort. You're right there, sir, said Dick. He ought to be well ragged for it. He'll break my heart if he goes on like this, the young beggar, but we mustn't be too hard on him, eh? After all, it's nature, you know, isn't it? I beg your pardon, said Dr. Grimstone very stiffly. I mean, explained Dick with a perilous approach to digging the other in the ribs, we did much the same sort of thing in our time, eh? I'm sure I did, lots of times. I can't reproach myself on that head, Mr. Bultitude, and permit me to say... That such a tone of treating the affair is apt to destroy the effect the excellent moral effect of your most impressively conveyed indignation just now i merely give you a hint you understand oh ah said dick feeling that he had made a mistake yes i didn't mean that but i say you haven't given him a a whopping yet have you i had just stepped out to procure a cane for that purpose said the doctor when your name was announced well look here you won't have to start again when i'm gone will you an ancient philosopher my dear sir was accustomed to postpone the correction of his slaves until the first glow of his indignation had passed away he found that he could lay it on with more science suggested dick while paul writhed where he stood perhaps so you might forgive him now don't you think he won't do it again if he goes writing any more love letters tell me and i'll come and talk to him but he's had a lesson you know let him off this time i have no right to resist such an entreaty said the doctor though i may be inclined myself to think that a few strokes would render a lesson more permanent I must ask you to reconsider your plea for his pardon. Paul heard this with indescribable anxiety. He had begun to feel tolerably sure that his evil hour was postponed, sign D. But might not Dick be cruel and selfish enough to remain neutral, or even side with the enemy in support of his assumed character? Luckily he was not. "'I'd rather let him off,' he said awkwardly. "'I don't approve of caning fellows myself. "'It never did me any good. "'I know, and I got enough of it to tell. "'Well, well,' I yield. "'Richard, your father has interceded for you, "'and I cannot disregard his wishes, "'though I have my own view in the matter. "'You will hear no more of this disgraceful conduct, sir, "'unless you do something to recall it to my memory.' Thank your father for his kindness, which you so little deserve, and take your leave of him. Oh, there it's all right, said Dick. He'll behave himself after this, I know. And oh, I say, sir, he added hastily, is is Dulcie anywhere about? My daughter asked the doctor, would you like to see her? I shouldn't mind, said Dick, blushing furiously. "'I'm sorry to say she has gone out for a walk with her mother,' said the doctor. "'I'm afraid she cannot be back for some time. It's unfortunate.' "'Dick's face fell. It doesn't matter,' he muttered awkwardly. "'She's all right, I hope. She is very seldom ailing, I'm happy to say. "'Just now she is particularly well, thank you.' "'Oh, is she?' said Dick gloomily probably disappointed to find that he was so little missed and not suspecting that his father had been accepted as a substitute well do you mind could i see the fellows again for a minute or two i mean i should rather like to inspect the school you know see my boys certainly my dear sir by all means this way and he took dick out to the schoolroom all following out curiously. You'll find us all at our studies. You see, said the doctor as he opened the first bazed door. There was a suspicious hubbub and a hum of voices from within, but as they entered, every boy was spent over his books with the rapt absorption of the devoted student, an absorption that was the direct effect of the sound that the door handle made in turning. Our workshop, said the doctor airily, looking round. My first form, Mr. Bultitude, some good workers here and some idle ones. Dick stood in the doorway looking, if the truth must be told, uncommonly foolish. He had wanted, in coming there, to enjoy the contrast between the past and the present, which accounts for a good many visits of old boys to the scene of their education. But, confronted with his former schoolfellows, he was seized at first with an utterly unreasonable fear of detection. The class behaved as classes usually do on such occasions. The good boys smirked and the bad ones stared, the general expression being one of uneasy curiosity. Dick said never a word, feeling strangely bashful and nervous. This is Tipping, my head boy, touching that young gentleman on the shoulder and making him several degrees more uncomfortable. I expect solid results from Tipping some day. He looks as if his head was pretty solid, said Dick, who had once cut his knuckles against it. My second boy, Biddlecomb, if he applies himself, he too will do me credit in the world. How do, Biddlecomb? said Dick. I owe you a ninepence. I mean, oh hang it, there's a shilling for you. Hello, Chowner, he went on, gradually overcoming his first nervousness. How are you getting on, eh? Doing much in the sneaking way lately? You know him? exclaimed the doctor with naive surprise. No, no, I don't know him. I've heard of him, you know. Heard of him. Chowner looked down his nose with a feeble attempt at a gratified Simper, while his neighbor giggled with furtive relish. "'Well,' said Dick at last, after a long look at all the old familiar objects, "'I must be off, you know. "'Got some important business at home this evening to look after. "'The fellows look very jolly and contented and all that sort of thing. "'Enough to make one want to be a boy again. "'Almost, eh? "'Good-bye, you chaps. "'Ahem.' Uh-huh young gentlemen, i wish you good morning andy went out leaving behind him the impression that young bultitude's governor wasn't half such a bad old buffer he paused at the open front door to which paul and the doctor had accompanied him good-bye he said i wish i'd seen dulcie i should like to see your daughter sir but it can't be helped good-bye and you he added in a lower tone to his father who was standing by, inexpressibly pained and disgusted by his utter want of dignity. You mind what I told you? Don't try any games with me. And, as he skipped jauntily down the steps to the gateway, the doctor followed his unwieldy, oddly-dressed form with his eyes, and, inclining his head gravely to Dick's sweeping wave of the hand, asked with a compassionate tone in his voice, You don't happen to know, Richard, my boy, if your father has had any business troubles lately. Anything to disturb him? And Mr. Bultitude's feelings prevented him from making any intelligible reply. End of chapter 14, section 15